0: You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. Okay, sorry about that for those of you tuning in. We had a little trouble, a little technical issue there, but I think we've solved it. Thanks for so much for tuning in today to Critical Mass Coast to Coast, the only show that takes a look at businesses across the country to. Find out what we can learn from them. That's, after all, the entire point of the Renaissance Executive Forum principle, the group that uh, sponsors this show, and the idea is that by getting people together and brainstorming and sharing ideas, and we can learn from each other. So we hope that uh, today will be another example of that. We have not one, not two, but three guests uh, with us today. So without further ado, let's bring on our first guest here, Joe Nunez. Did I say that right?
1: Yeah,
0: you sure did. Okay. And you're with thelaundrybutlers.com. What the heck are the Laundry Butlers?
1: Well, the Laundry Butlers is exactly what it sounds like. We are a uh, a butler service for your laundry. Um, <laughs> we are a
0: pickup
1: up and no-
2: yeah.
0: So my laundry has to have its own butlers. I, I have to have my pet washed and all the other things, and now my laundry even has a butler for here. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, we aim to please. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, the truth of the matter is, the, well, so the Laundry builders is a pickup and delivery laundry service. Um, you know, there are a myriad of options available for people that are looking to do dry cleaning, but, you know, there's only a, a certain section of the population that uses dry cleaners. Um, but, you know, everybody has conventional laundry. Everybody goes home and they take off their clothes and they toss them in a hamper, and at some point or another, that hamper has to be dealt with. Isn't that the and truth? So, Yeah, so using a, a proprietary system that we've developed, you, uh, customers can go on, create an account at our website, schedule their laundry, and their dry cleaning to be picked up, we'll come over, uh, we'll pick it up, we'll wash, dry fold it, iron, and dry clean whatever needs to be dry cleaned, and return it back to you. Two business days later.
0: Well, that sounds all too easy. I mean, you do this for what? Must cost a million dollars to do something like this. <laughs> this is only for this is only for the one percent, not for the ninety nine percent here, huh?
1: Uh, absolutely not. We we actually built our service with the average Joe in mind. No pun intended. Um, I was a U.S. Marine for seven and a half years, and I lived in barracks where, you know, there were two washers and two dryers per floor, and hundred Marines per floor. And I understand the challenges of, of uh, trying to do laundry when there's 98 other people on your floor that are uh, attempting to use the same two washers and dryers. And <laughs> right. um, furthermore, you know, there's a, there's a huge amount of the population that utilizes coin-operated laundry facilities because they have no options. Either they're they don't own the equipment, or their apartment complexes doesn't offer the the hookups, and so we try to be a, a solution for them as well. So, um, and in, in terms of pricing, we've we've really done a great job keeping our costs very, very low. Um, if you were to take your laundry to a, a coin-operated facility or self-serve facility, you can usually get your laundry done between ninety cents a pound and maybe a dollar a pound. Okay, and uh, we're able to, to marginally increase that to about a dollar fifteen to a dollar twenty per pound and still able to have the same type of margin necessary to run a successful business.
0: But you're going to pick my stuff up and do it for me, right? Do I have to pay for uh, mileage and front and back? Do I have to pay for the soap? Do I have to pay for anything other than just sort of, is it just one basic fee per per you, per piece or whatever? To How do, you, how do so, you price this?
1: Yeah, you know, that's one of the challenges when, when I was design, designing this business model is how do you, how do you make it simple and how do you keep the customer happy and keep costs low? And so one of the things right. that we did was we designed a specific laundry bag for use with our service. And with that, we know if it's jam packed top to bottom, what it's going to hold. And so um, we base our prices on that. And to answer your other question, no, you don't pay for soap. You don't pay for pickup or delivery. You don't pay for mileage. Everything is included in the one-time service fee. And that's all tied to how many bags of laundry you have. And we even offer a, discounted rate for those that have additional bags of laundry. So,
0: so for the um, harried homeowner, the uh, busy executive, the uh, dual income couple that just doesn't, or the people like me that just hate to do laundry, this sounds like a pretty good deal.
1: Yeah, you know, and uh, ironically enough, you just described about 80% of our customers. <laughs> <All right. laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's the lazy, it's the too busy, it's the professionals, it's the mother and husband that both work and they've got three kids and uh like I do and they produce 8 loads of laundry a week. Actually the U.S. Department of Energy uh estimates that the average household produces between 6 and 8 loads of laundry per week.
0: Oh, you're kidding. And,
1: yeah. yeah, so our bags will hold 3 of those. And so um, for a nominal fee you can eradicate that problem. You know, we try to we try to reduce the amount of time spent on laundry to less than 5 minutes your interaction on the website and packing your bags, that's basically all we want you doing, and we're going to handle the rest. Now
0: of you'll do everything? You'll do my dirty underwear, my socks and T-shirts and all the other stuff, or is this just for shirts and things like that?
1: No, it's anything that goes in your conventional hamper at home. The only things that we ask that people don't send us are specialty items, items that are super expensive or yeah, irreplaceable, right. hold a lot of sentimental value, uh, leathers, suede, things like that. But outside of that, if, if you're going to use it at home and wash it in your washer and dryer at home, then, uh, then, we're going to pick it up for you, including comforters and bedspreads and things of that nature.
0: How in the world did you think of a business like this?
1: So, my background is actually in the laundry business. So, I was a marine for seven and a half years, and as I mentioned, I, I got to live firsthand the challenges of having inadequate laundry facilities. And um, sort of by happenstance, I uh, I ended up into uh, a position as a production manager for a large laundry facility, hmm. and um, it was a uniform rental company. I'll. I'll refrain from using the name for the purposes
0: <laughs> okay. of
1: legal reasons, I'm sure. But, um, you know, I managed a plant that was producing 360, 370,000 pounds of laundry a week. Wow. And so um, I realized there that there was this, you know, the company I worked for was doing $4 billion a year in annual sales when I was working there. So that kind of gives you a. $4
0: and Now, this is commercial, though. They're doing uh, cooks yes. and servers or hotel attendance they, they were a
1: uniform rental company yeah, so right. they did mostly uniforms and some facility stuff mats pops things like that nature but um anyway so i started to, to kind of decide what i liked about their business model and what really worked and what i would change if i were god for a day and one of the things that as a rental company you have to do is you have to buy the goods first anytime you get a new account you buy brand new goods and then you rent them back to the people well you know there's a uh, formula that everybody in the business uses in order to determine how, if you can make money. You have to rent it for so many weeks in order to be able to make even and then after that you're making profit. Right. And we were spending, God, i, I got to tell you, over a million dollars a month on buying clothes. That's how oh. many uniform resident, or uniform customers we had. We had 22,000 garments a day running through our facility at oh any given goodness. day. I mean, it was amazing. Um, but, you know, I started thinking if I were to take away that initial investment... Uh, to buy the goods, what would I be laundering? And right. then I, I got to the point of, okay, would I be laundering their things? And then that's kind of how the business started to, to come to shape. And um, I, I had the great opportunity to attend a course called the EBV, which is the Entrepreneurship bootcamp for Veterans with Disabilities.
0: Ah, all right.
1: That that course right there single-handedly gave me the keys I needed to, to be able to open this business. I mean, there were a lot of unknowns in my business model uh, that I, I just hadn't quite figured out yet. And uh, the great folks at the University of Connecticut School of Business housed me for 10 days in a a resident program, all for free, and uh, they gave us world-class instruction on things like human resource management, uh, capital expenditures, everything from writing a business plan to pitching your presentation to potential investors and uh, potential financiers and I got to tell you it was a uh, it was a life-changing experience cuz I left there in September of 2010, I incorporated my business in October of 2010 and we started accepting sales in January of 2011.
0: Amazing. All right, you got to you brought it up. We got to talk about this. Tell me again the name of the program and what how it works.
1: So, it's called the Entrepreneurship Bootcamp for Veterans with Disabilities. Okay. And their goal is to take uh, Is this
0: run by a university or a private group or the government or who does this?
1: It's all funded by private dollars, but it's a nonprofit, and it's run out of what's called the Institute for Veterans and Military Families, which is in Syracuse University out in Syracuse, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, so the course itself, the actual EBV course, is offered at, I think, seven different universities around the country now. Mm-hmm. And so um, it takes folks like me that have a service-connected disability. Uh, those are guys that are rated by the VA as having some sort of disability that is tied to their service in the military. Right. Um, and you know, they you go through an application process where you you basically give them uh, a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your business idea, your product idea, and uh, and they just determine whether or not you've got the metal to get in. And um, once you're in, then the the real fun starts. I mean, they have a 30 day online program where you're doing online learning, interacting with PhDs and MBAs from uh, you know sc- schools of business all around the country that are that are you know top people in their field, right? And that. App- after that, then you are actually flown to the campus where you spend 10 days going through classes and writing your business plan. And I have to tell you, at the end of that, I literally walked out with a completed business plan. Um, all the, the missing holes that I had in my business idea had been filled, and I was ready to go. I was ready to, to, to rock and
0: roll. And that's so, huge. You know, Obviously, I don't know if you heard the beginning of the show, but we're the whole purpose of this show is to learn from others. So we're always looking at, trying to understand what people are doing, how they got into it, and what hurdles and obstacles they run into. And the biggest hurdle that keeps people from taking an idea and turning it into reality is all that stuff you're just talking about. How do I get a business plan? How do I get started? How do I get financing? How do I set up the thing? How do I set up a DBA or or a corporation? All those kinds of details that seem to be the first stumbling block. Uh, And it sounds like this program helps overcome those, at least for veterans, right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, there's uh, whole classes on selecting your your legal uh, entity type and what what type of situation is going to work best for you and whether you're selling a product or a service or whether you have a a, a not-for-profit in mind. A lot of the veterans that go there have very altruistic visions of Mm -hmm. being able to give back to the veteran community, and so they uh, need help starting 501c threes and and you know getting a board of directors and things of that nature so um, but you're right I think that there are quite a few um, unknowns when you're when you're first coming into it and um, short of, of you know great instruction like I received or stumbling through it blind and making a lot of mistakes uh, you're, you're really up to your own to, to figure that part out and um, the, the the beauty about this course is, is not only the, the the course itself but leaving the course you leave with uh, a huge network of supporters and a great set of resources. Um, they provide up to 40 hours of free legal advice from DLA Piper, which is the largest law firm in the world. Hmm. Um, they have uh, people that will help you build your initial website and, and uh, help you get your legal entities squared away. And I mean, there's just
0: a... And how did you hear about them? Was this a recommendation from the VA, or was this something you found on your own, or is there some, I don't know, if, when they discharge you from the military... I, I'm, I'm told, I've never been in the military, that they sometimes help you try and readjust the civilian life and find things like this. So it was a, where did you get into this?
1: Well, there are a lot of great programs that are available uh, out there, but I think finding them is probably the number one challenge that guys like that are getting out of the service right. are facing. And um, I had the, the pleasure of uh, knowing a gentleman named Daryl Hill. Daryl Hill is a gentleman that runs a website called livepatriot.org um and anyways he and i had gone through he's also a, a former marine actually i think he actually went back to the reserve so but uh he went through this course uh, in syracuse and he called me and and kind of explained to me what was going on and he said listen man you need to you need to do this because you know he and i had talked about yeah, uh, my right. business idea and you know it ended up being a uh, a a great comment on his part that really changed everything for me it really gave me the keys and the tools that i needed to, so how
0: long have you been doing this business now
1: Let's see, October 2010, so almost just over two years.
0: And how's it going for you?
1: You know, we just made a major acquisition this year. We, uh, we bought an existing facility. Previously, we were uh, laundering clothes at, a, at another facility. We mm-hmm. were leasing idle time out of somebody else's facility, and it was always cumbersome because it made things like planning uh, labor very difficult because you know the, the hours of availability would change at a moment's notice. So, anyway, as long story short, we we are now doing well enough that we have acquired our own facility. Um, it is a coin-operated facility, which is not ideal because we were uh, hoping for an industrial application. Right. But what it did was it gave us, you know, the ability to produce thirteen thousand pounds every eight hours if we wanted to, and uh, plus it also augmented our our revenue stream. We we now have a uh, it was an existing facility that had been open for a long time and it had a, a good customer base with decent profit margins, and so. Um, the business itself was doing well enough that we were able to make that acquisition and augment our our, our current business model. And I to tell you, it's going it's going great. We're getting a lot of positive press from super uh, the, the, the the customers. We've been featured. Um, let's see, I've been featured twice in the San Antonio Business Journal. I was a finalist for Vetrepreneur of the Year uh, from Navoba Magazine.
0: Vetrepreneur, uh, Okay, I didn't know there was such a thing.
1: Yeah, it's actually they, the National uh, Veterans Business Association Navoba has a. Uh, a magazine that they put out called Entrepreneur Magazine, and um, so I was featured there. And I mean, we, we we're getting a lot of attention because we're taking what would otherwise be a very very old problem and really producing a new way of, of handling it. And you Amazing. know, the, the lines between work and home get blurred more and more. Everybody's at home on their smartphones, they're doing emails, and you know, the time is is becoming more and more precious. And so, uh, services like ours that produce. Even if it's, you know, three to five hours additional per weekend that people get to spend it with their kids and get to do things that they enjoy, you know, they're, they're a commodity that people are willing to pay for, and that's what we're finding.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody's paying for convenience. That's why they now have, at least out here in California, um, places that you can go get fully prepared meals for your family and, and dietary plans laid out and all this stuff. I mean, more and more, they're doing what you wouldn't think would be a business picking up your laundry and doing it, for example, because people just don't have the time. And if they do have the time, they really don't have the desire to do these things. They'd rather, you know, if they can afford it, have somebody else take care of this. And even, you know, it's like babysitting and everything else. If you get got two jobs and two people working. You know, these are necessary expenses if you want to keep, uh, keep your sanity here. You can't come home and work a full-time 40 hours after you put in 40 hours or more at your work here. Absolutely. Well, I wish we could talk a lot more about this. We, I feel like we just covered the surface here a little bit. Um, but today we're on a little bit of a time schedule here because we've got three guests. So give us um, the website and how people can get in touch with you if they want to learn more. And I hope that people can call you and just pick your brain about this wonderful uh, veterans organization because I didn't know such a thing exists, and I bet there are a lot of people listening who could take advantage of that. So tell us how to get in touch with you.
1: Sure. So um, our website is www.thelaundrybutlers with an s.com. Uh, my email is joe at com. The, the Laundry. You've got
0: to you have the word T H E in there. The Laundry plural, dot plural.com. Okay.
1: That's correct, yeah. And I'm available via email. And i got to tell you, one of the things that I have kind of made my mission as a, as a result of going to this course is giving back. And so every year I fly back to the University of Connecticut and I help mentor the incoming class and I help them write their business plans and so with that, I'm, I'm very open to helping others that are going through the same process. So Good. by all means, if you've got listeners out there that are interested in talking with me more about this, contact me via email, and, and I will certainly get back with you, and we can we can go through it all.
0: And obviously we're a bit biased, but I hope that you find an organization. Renaissance is certainly one of them. There are a number of great ones out there, or, or some other um, informal group of of people that you can build around you as sort of a board of advisors that you can brainstorm with, that you can open up with, that you can, you know, mentors and and other businesses that you can share with. Because one of the problems is once you become a solopreneur or a small business owner... There isn't really anybody to talk to anymore. There's there's help in the beginning, and then you're out there in that right around this point, two, three years, and you start wondering, okay, how do I get this thing to the next level? Has anybody else got the same problems that I've got? So take a look and try and find a good peer group in your area that you can uh, join with, and I think you'll find that that will help take you to the next level too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much. All right.
0: Thank you so much.
1: All right. Well, guys, uh, again, if you guys need anything, you guys can definitely
0: contact me. Okay. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks All so right, much. Thanks. All right, that was our first of three guests today here. We're going to go through them rather quickly. Um, it's, it's sometimes interesting to have three guests because you get a, at least from the audience perspective, you get a, uh, a larger sampling of what's happening out there. But from our perspective, boy, it's just you start opening up the issues and you feel like, God, that's a million questions I could ask this guy. Wasn't that fabulous that you could, I didn't know that they had uh, vetrapreneurs of programs and awards and things like that the things you learn in this show. All right. We're going to take a break for uh, our own commercial endorsements here, and then we'll be back with our second guest, Ron Burns, right after this. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire? or try and pass that business on to your children. At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com.
3: My company made the switch to Commerce National Bank about six months ago. Our relationship officer was there every step of the way to make the transition as seamless as possible. We had an early hiccup with a deposit scanner, but they dropped everything and drove right to our offices to help. We couldn't feel better about our decision to switch. Instead of calling an 800 number and navigating through automated menus, now I call my Commerce National Bank Relationship Officer directly for any questions we have. Just knowing that they're so easily accessible and willing to help really puts me at ease. They offer the same technology as the big banks, but deliver it with superior service and training. They're also rated a full five stars by Bauer Financial. So if your organization is a smaller, medium-sized business in Orange County, you should make the switch, too. Call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President, at 949-870-3863 or visit him online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank, and they'll handle the rest.
1: SBNonline.com.
0: Okay, and we're back with our second guest here of the afternoon, Ron Burns from Proton Media. Welcome, Ron.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Tell us what is Proton Media. I have a couple notes here, but I, I want you to explain it.
1: I appreciate that. So, Proton Media is a software company, and we're the developer of a product called Protosphere. And uh, what Protosphere is is a 3D virtual environment for collaboration and learning. Um, if you're familiar with products like WebEx and uh, GoToMeeting, sure. sort of taking that con- com- a concept and we've made it a 3D environment where you walk into a three-dimensional room as an avatar and the other avatars you see around you are actually other people in the meeting or we call it a visual call. And so it's really an exciting take on next-generation collaboration and learning online.
0: And what is the... To
1: the corporate market for the most part.
0: Now, there is uh, there was a whole movement a couple of years ago, and forgive me, I don't remember the name of it, but it, I think it was Second Life or something like that, where you could go, this was just for fun, you could go in and create an avatar, an image of yourself, and converse with other avatars. Is that correct? Did I get that right?
1: yeah there there was a there was a platform called Second Life, and there's been a number of game oriented uh, always on virtual worlds that are more oriented to to the business to consumer market. right We from our inception have been very focused on the enterprise learning and collaboration space. and so we think it's really a different take on on why three d matters.
0: I'm sure it is, and the other reason I bring it up is because I've read articles through the years where businesses started this was kind of a social thing or a game thing. People would go in and, you know, originally it was, I think it was a gaming kind of community. You, you you were on this quest and you created this path. And then people started hanging out socially and creating avatars of themselves and whatnot. And it became kind of a fun social thing. And businesses started actually building stores and storefronts and everything on, and maintaining these things in um, virtual worlds like this. And I thought, that's That's unbelievable. So when you say now using that same sort of idea of a 3D um, reality thing to teach people, I wonder if you've learned from those experiences or if this is something you're just pioneering totally different.
1: Well, uh, you know, we came out of the e-learning market. That was our route. So we we weren't a consumer company at first, but I think really the... The three D component is really about immersion and making, making, uh, giving you the sense of presence or co presence of being with other human beings, and and really I think uh, the the value our customers see frankly is more in the rooms uh, than anything else. Mm. You know, for for example, we think the current generation of meeting tools are actually problematic because it breaks work up into time bound events. You know, the WebEx is from three to four, right? Where the conference calls from five to six. What an environment like Codosphere provides is a persistent, always-on space hmm. where you can leave your, your the artifacts of your collaboration behind between time zones. So think of, and, and the other thing that we've done is we've integrated this onto um, a Microsoft Unified Communication stack. So this integrates with Microsoft Link and SharePoint and okay. Outlook. So if you think about collaboration as a, a process of escalation from email, text chat, to voice, to video, and now you can instance a persistent war room or space around a topic. And if you think about our work lives, how many times have you done an email to 10 people?
0: Oh, always, and you can yeah.
1: reply all five times over a two-month period. You're actually attempting to collaborate. You've created an unmoderated blog in that context. Mm-hmm. So we think it was, it was very important for our product to connect it to an existing standard, in this case the Microsoft Office suite, mm-hmm. so that we met the enterprise worker where they live, which is as we say, yeah. living a quiet life of desperation in front of their inbox.
0: <laughs> so, all right, I'm trying to picture this now here. We're on radio, so I wish I could see it rather than describe it. But what do I see when I walk into the room? Do I see just what looks like a, a um, classroom with a bulletin board and chairs and stuff? Or do I see, what, what do I see when I walk into this room?
1: So there are a series of interconnected shared spaces that are very... Familiar kinds of spaces for the common enterprise worker. You have classrooms, meeting rooms, uh, collaboration spaces. Uh, in fact, uh, another one of our partners, uh, Polycom, makes physical spaces. They make video telepresence rooms. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about what they do is when you walk into a video telepresence room, the room becomes the phone call mm-hmm. and you connect with another video endpoint on the other side of the world. It's really the same concept, except in this case, the end point of the call is represented by an avatar. Now, interestingly, we've been integrating more live video components. Mm-hmm. So, you know, frankly, we think the avatar is an excellent navigation um, device, but there are times when people do want to see live vi- video for a right. moderator or to show a product or something like that. Because
0: you're trying so to read their is- face or something. You're trying to read their expressions. You know, if if, if the boss is going to talk to 50 people, sales guys across the country, I would certainly want to see their face and, and see, is he happy? Is he unhappy? Is he... Is he kidding? Is he not kidding? You know, I think that that would add another component to it. I'm not sure you could express that in an avatar, but maybe you can.
1: You're, you're absolutely right. Live video, I think, and that's been an important growth potential for our product. People don't have to choose the mode of communication. You can have audio. You can have text chat. You have an avatar that carries around your user profile, but you can flip on live video. So you pick the mode that's appropriate for you, but the persistence, the, the, the notion of this being an always-on virtual workspaces where it's really where it really shines. Uh, and, so, and large so organizations that have to handle distance between Asia or Europe and right. the U.S. and have distributed operations, that's where a, a product like this has high value. And, and frankly, collaboration is becoming more and more strategic to many different oh, industries. Oh,
0: I, I can believe that. And we're all trying to figure out how do we do this over the Internet? How do we get away from the notion that we all got to fly together and sit somewhere and all the time and effort and money that that takes to do that, when we have all these abilities, as you and I are doing here, talking uh, through the internet or looking at each other through the internet, or what you're talking about is collaborating through the internet. And I'm fascinated by this. I, I have to say, I may be I may be a little old for this, but I'm I'm trying to learn. I'm an old dog trying to learn new tricks here. Um, I'm in my 50s. Well, it here. T- so it see, turns out, by the way, seems they, kind of you know, mind-boggling to have a space where we all interact or something that. that in, into sort of a virtual world here.
1: Well, by the way, we found no statistical generational resistance to the technology. In hmm. fact, um, if you're going to go do an online meeting, I would argue you have to learn the interface anyway. That's true. If, and your, people are going to be doing online meetings. So if you make that online meeting a familiar space, like a room where you go sit in a chair and you see other people, it's, it's a natural user interface that actually comes more naturally to older people than learning how to figure out WebEx or live meeting or go to meeting. I've what
0: tried all know? those things you talk about WebEx and GoToMeeting and everything else, and I, I see their value. I've, I've attended webinars, but there's two things that, and, and I don't know. I'm curious to see if you, have, if anybody else has identified this, or if it's just me, and if there's any solution in what you're offering. One is that they're not very engaging. Um, it's kind of there's somebody droning on, and half the time they're saying, uh, hang on here, let me see if I can flip this up. Let me, let me see if I can go to the next chart. They're not very conversant on how to do it, so there's a lot of sort of it drags. It doesn't, it doesn't grab me and hold my attention the way some other things. And in fact, I have a tendency to do it while I'm multitasking, which makes it even mm. less likely that I'm going to really pay attention to the speaker and the content and everything there. That's one thing. So I don't find it as engaging. You know, if you're in a room, you got to be engaged. You can't. It's hard to do other things while you're there. You're focused on it. And the other thing that I find is that um, it doesn't really seem to convey information very. There, there isn't much give and take. Yes, I can raise my hand and ask a question or type a question, and five minutes later somebody reads it. Um, yes, they can hand the, the presenter's thing over to me, but I rarely see people do that. And so it becomes more of me just watching it, it might as well be on tape other than the fact that i can i can ask questions I guess at the end, so it doesn't seem as it doesn't seem to involve me as much doesn't seem to engage me as much uh, it, now mm. your platform no, sounds like it has more that.
1: i mean the studies that have been done in the space show that the the engagement level in a 3D environment is, is statistically higher. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm just talking
0: about web I'm talking about Cisco's Webex and things like that where I'm just watching a webinar, I'm attending a webinar. I don't seem to be as fully engaged cuz I'm off doing something else. They can't see me and they don't know what I'm doing. And I don't seem and somehow I don't just I don't get pulled into it. It isn't as much of a collaboration as it is them just conveying information to me. It's a one way. I'm watching TV, you know.
1: Yeah, and what I'd argue is that the the flatland approach to collaboration dehumanizes the endpoint or the user, right? Mm-hmm. The interesting thing about being an avatar is all of the social mores in physical reality transfer, right? You create an external sense of self. You become the watcher of your own character as well as the character mm-hmm. that's in there with you. And you see some really interesting behaviors, like, for example... As a male avatar, if I get too close to a female avatar, mm-hmm. she'll tell me to back off. <laughs> now, that's, that, that's never going to happen in a WebEx, no. I can assure you.
0: No. Right?
1: So that, that feeling, you have a feeling of emotional commitment to the other people in the meeting with you, and that comes with responsibilities, but it also increases engagement. If you're not going to pay attention, you feel like you're letting that person down. Yeah. So it's really interesting, and, it, and I think it goes to deep psychology. One of the first things you recognize as a baby is a face. Mm-hmm. Right, and Absolutely. we're born into a 3D world and a 3D universe. We're not. We have to learn spreadsheets. That's a learned behavior, right? Right. So I think it's inevitable that more engaging virtual reality and augmented reality. Frankly, I think that's the next frontier after what we're doing, where you have the ability to bring in live spaces and virtual spaces and, and combine them together. Mm-hmm. We're doing some really exciting work with Polycom and Microsoft in that area right now.
0: Well, Polycom obviously has been a leader in um, uh, they they build that triangular thing that I've seen in nearly every office here, that speakerphone that seems to do better than most for conference calls and stuff. And obviously I've been very fascinated to see how Microsoft is trying to move not just their um, office suite onto the Internet so that you don't buy a physical box and disk anymore but you subscribe to it and it's in a cloud, and your stuff stays in a cloud somewhere, so you don't have to back it up and lose it and all that. But just what you're talking about through, through um, what is it called? Link, links, and uh, some of these Microsoft,
1: other Microsoft, Link, L Y N C. Yes, actually, that product group has just merged with the Skype product group at mm, Microsoft. Right. So exactly. They're, they're making a pretty significant play in telephony and collaboration, and mm-hmm. I think it has impact. You know, a company that size decides to get into that kind of space. I think it has impact on on markets like, you know, what AT&T and, and Verizon may yeah. be thinking. It
0: seems are. logical. We're all tied to this. We're all tethered to this device, whether it's the smartphone in our pocket or the tablet in our hand or the laptop or the desktop or now even the TV top. All of these things become connected through the Internet. So we're we're in a constantly tethered, connected world all the time here. All right. So then how do we... Use those tools to better connect. And I guess the, the few times I've been to webinars and some of those things, I find it cumbersome, slow, and not engaging. But perhaps if I was actually had an animated character, an avatar, or they could actually see me and I could read their facial gestures and stuff, I, would, I guess that would make me more engaged, or at least the feeling like I have to be engaged. I can't be just off uh, opening my mail while they're droning on during the webinar like I often do.
1: You'll have a feeling of emotional responsibility to your participants in that room with you. So you'll be guilted in engaging, right? You'll feel like you're there. It's just like being there, right? Uh, I encourage you to take a look at the product. It's,
0: uh, I'd love us. Give us the website it again. We're running product. out of time here. We Give us the website and how people can get in touch with you.
1: Sure. So if the website is protonmedia.com, P-R-O-T-O-N-M-E-D-I-A, protonmedia.com. And there's a two-minute introductory video right on the home page. Okay. And you can also click and try the software for free if you're intrigued.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I'm intrigued. I'm Just as this Internet radio is a, is a new medium, a new social channel, it sounds like you're doing the same thing. And we're all trying to invent new ways to use these tools that we already have in our pocket and our hands. How can we use them not just to connect information anymore, but in true Web 2.0 fashion to connect to each other, to connect to people? Yeah.
1: The humanization of
0: the Internet, my friend. Yes, I I love it. Fascinating. We didn't even get into the background stuff. I would love to uh, talk with you again, and I hope whoever booked this show um, will uh, set you up for a a more extended thing, because you're really on the cutting edge of something, and I feel like we just scratched the surface here. We didn't even get into oh, I the. We
1: appreciate, yeah. I mean, certainly appreciate the opportunity. And uh, you know, my brother lives in Orange County, so maybe he'll hear this.
0: Okay, well, or if not live, he'll listen to it later. Because like every good thing, we have to record these and turn them into podcasts, where so people can listen to them on their time, not just our time here. So. Lyle Myers from is it E C O Bev? Did it's I say SEO. that? S E O Bev. I had two Think choices, and I guessed the wrong one. Right. Think of uh, three
2: capital letters. S E O.
0: S E O. All right. Well, there. And it's
2: not search engine optimization.
0: <laughs> All right. So. Well, that makes it easier. All right. Uh, so tell us what is S E O Bev? S E O is in the um, business of manufacturing
2: the first hot and cold beverage dispenser for the countertop. Uh, you know, this market is really heating up out there from, you know, the the hot dispensers, the hot coffee and tea dispensers, uh, like the Keurig and the Tassimo and so forth. Right. But we have the first hot and cold dispenser that sits on the kitchen counter. So our system can be used all day long by every member of the family. And uh, the real key differentiator for the SEO is that um, not only do we have the first hot and cold system, but we also have the first multi-serve pack or pod Uh, from all the brands that you know and trust, Crystal Light, uh, Maxwell House Coffee, Country Time Lemonade, V8 Splash, Apple and Eve Juices, and many, many more.
0: So that was going to be my question. What are you serving? Is is this proprietary products that you're serving? You're serving your juice or your coffee, or your tea, or are you providing me an option to have starbucks coffee at home let's say or something or whatever
2: yeah it it's really it's really that the power of the system is not only just is it a, a dispenser but it's the e-pack so i'm sure you're familiar with some of the hot coffee makers where you can put a little k cup inside of a brewer and brew yourself a cup of coffee right uh, my system you take this pack and this one pack um, you use over and over again until it's empty. It has 14 8-ounce servings. And so the, what we have done is is we've partnered with billion-dollar brands and allow you to get not just your hot beverages, you know, your coffees and teas, but also your cold beverages, like I said, the Crystal Lights and the Lemonades and the V8 Splashes and so forth.
0: Right. And so you must have gone out. How did you convince all these brands that have their own, desire to sell this stuff through bottles of their own packaging? Why would they team up with you to give you their proprietary secret stuff here?
2: Well, I, it's really the power of the system. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, is if you if you look at the system, there are several videos and so forth on our website, SEOBev.com. But um, it, when you see the system and you can see how fast that you can make drinks. Uh, so we set up uh, meetings with uh, high level executives with the branding companies uh, went in, showed them our device and said this is uh, kind of the next wave if you will in technology. Everybody's kind of following the leader right. with the one one pack or one pod. The thing that um, you have to understand is, is that these ready to drink companies uh, haven't been able to play in this space and it's a very very hot space out there right now is making these beverages at home and our dispensing technology uh, is superior above others that they've seen. And so when they decided to hitch their wagon uh, to a company that has uh, a, a great dispensing technology that allows the consumer to not just get a, a hot drink but a cold drink without any taste crossover, and that's really the, the power of our proprietary uh, technology uh, in the pack and also in the system. So you can have a hot cup of coffee. The next person can walk up and get a cold glass of lemonade And the lemonade won't taste like coffee.
0: I'm trying to wrap my head around how this is possible because it all comes out of the same spigot, doesn't it? Wouldn't there be residual uh, flavor or taste left over from the previous beverage?
2: You would think that, but here's the deal. All of everything is self-contained into what we call an e-pack, an SEO pack or an e-pack. So on the end of every e-pack is a proprietary uh, disposable liquid pump. So we have a pump in the self-contained unit. So when I place it in the system and I press the button, that pump actuates and allows the, the beverage product to come out of the pack, keeping the rest of the product um, safe and and uh, airtight in the, in the pouch itself. And then the water comes in behind, and the two products are mixed in midair into your cup. And that's all based on where the consumer places the strength selector dial. So I have a, a strength selector on mine where I can dial in the taste for my palate. So, so it I can make, make it like a really super
0: sweet. sugary or really that's strong right. coffee or whatever. Yeah,
2: That's exactly right, which is really great for mom because she's cutting apple juice and everything yeah. for her kids oh, anyway. Absolutely. You do it automatically in our system.
0: Now, you said something again. I'm, you're, you're, uh, this is a little mind blowing to me, as have been all three of the, uh, or two previous uh, guests that we had today here. All three of you, to me, are doing stuff that I've never heard of before. Uh, the first guy was doing stuff uh, called the laundry butlers, where he's come up with a way for a low price to come and pick up all your laundry and take it somewhere to a commercial facility and do it all from socks to blouses to everything else here. And that just seems crazy to me that you would have, that your laundry needs a butler. But in today's busy world, why not? You know, we're doing prepared meals. We've got two people working and all this stuff. And the second guy comes on and tops that when he says he's got uh, something called Proton Media, which is a maker of virtual collaboration environment where you get a, a little avatar that's you. And the two avatars meet with all the other avatars in the room. And you start engaging and actually collaborating with avatars, and it's uh, another thing I can't even quite picture, imagine. Now you're telling me that somehow you've got all these different beverage packs from all these name brands in some sort of machine, and you said that when I pull that liquid out of the pack, the coffee, the soda, the something, the juice, it mixes in mid-air with the water and therefore doesn't leave any residual flavor from one to the next that you got to explain to me i don't know maybe that's a top secret thing but that that sounds i can't even imagine that
2: yeah thank you and i tell you what that again it goes back to kind of the power of innovation uh, we're you know we're uh innovators in this country, I mean, we have a lot of things, that, the two products that you just talked about, mm-hmm. those guys are innovators in that field. What we did was, is we looked at the market and this space was really starting to come about uh, back in 2005 when my my partner, uh, Frank Lianessio, actually saw this technology. He kind of did the same thing you did. He said, man, you know, that's, that's really something. Yeah. But as he began to, you know, to noodle on it, for lack of a better term, and began to, to think about it. He said, you know, they're, they're a little late to market because everybody's kind of doing the hot, but if we could do the cold, and with this dispensing technology, that would work. So what we did was is we licensed this technology from an, an intellectual property company mm-hmm. and began to um, build it into pieces of, of dispensing equipment. So he had a bottled water company at the time, so we said, okay. you know, if you could take this dispensing, and, I, and I'm, getting, I'm getting to answer your question, yeah, if you could take okay. this dispensing technology and put it in a hot, Hot and cold water cooler for his bottled water customers. They'd be able to get hot and cold beverages. So mm-hmm. that was one of the first things that we did. So if you picture in your mind a water cooler,
0: and it has the choice between a hot right, faucet and a cold faucet, you okay. have a
2: hot button and a cold button. Right. So right underneath the bottle, there's a little door that opens up, and our e-pack is about three inches by three inches square, mm-hmm. um, and it holds about three ounces of beverage product. It has a little stick on the end of it. That's that pump. And what you're placing that pump into is, uh, for lack of a better term, you're you're placing that into the system,
0: and it's almost like you're shooting port. it, in, you're injecting it into the stream of water that's already falling. From well, actually, else.
2: what you're doing, actually, what you're doing is, is uh, that's right, the beverage product. So, so let me let me take one step back. So you place it into the system, and when you put that uh, pump that's on the end of every pack. And you press the button. The PCB, the computer, you know, the, right. the printed circuit board is telling that pump to actuate at whatever variable speed <laughs> that the customer sets oh the strength God. selector oh dial. My goodness, unbelievable! So what? So what happens is it's a very simple process. So what happens is when you press the cold button, that pump is actuating at a very high rate of speed. It's pulling the product out of the pouch and the water comes in behind, and the two are mixed in midair in your cup, so you don't see any striping or anything like that. It looks as though it's, you know, coffee coming out of this machine. But remember, I haven't touched those two products together inside the nozzle. That's all happened as it comes into your cup. So that's the reason why we get no taste crossover.
0: I hope you're ready to make millions of these things, because I can imagine in my own household here with the different taste buds, that my daughter and my wife and myself and my friends have come over, and somebody wants a hot drink, somebody wants a cold drink, somebody wants a Coke, somebody wants coffee, somebody wants uh, a pineapple juice or something and I'm trying to come up with something odd, and that I could have a panoply of all these different choices in one machine. I don't have to go to the store and lug cases of bottles home and stack them in my garage and stuff them into my refrigerator anymore?
2: Yes, sir. Yeah, that's right. It really is. It's all about convenience. And you're right. You don't have to schlep all that stuff home. You don't have to fill your refrigerators or cupboards. More importantly, you don't have to throw all that stuff away, right? So we've got a great play with this product. One pack is equal to seven 16-ounce bottles, nine 12-ounce bottles or cans. So when you start thinking about it in those terms, and that's what really, I mean, you're really catching on. The family is the one that goes after the SEO beverage system. I say this a lot. It changes the dynamic in the home because everybody's going to one place. We have a little carousel that holds 8 of these e-packs, mm-hmm. that's equal to 7 gallons oh, okay. of product that's <laughs> sitting on a small 8 8 inch circumference a little carousel.
0: And I don't so, yeah, have to refrigerate it. I don't have to store it. I don't have that's to correct. lug it out. I don't have to throw it all away and recycle it and a thousand other things. Oh, my God. That's e- That's it's exactly
2: incredible. right. So you, literally, you walk up and you're you're talking with a friend. You know, this happens all the time in the home, right? Friends come over and you say, hey, you want a cup of coffee? And they say, oh, don't make a hot, a whole pot.
0: Yeah, right. No
2: problem. Well, what kind of coffee would you like? Would you like the vanilla,
0: <laughs> the hazelnut, or the decaf? You decal? want it strong. You want it light. You want this. Yeah. That's right. That's exactly right. You know what this reminds me of? I'm going to date myself. I'm in my mid-50s, and yes, I was a big Trekkie fan when I was a kid, and I loved watching Star Trek. And they had that, what was it called, the device that uh, they would replicate her, and they would just walk up, and any beverage that you could imagine, from Romulan ale to, you know, uh, classic coffee, they would just speak it, and somehow this computer would make it. It's almost kind of the same thing. You're replicating uh, all of these different things out of one device.
2: It really is. Jetsons have come to life. Uh, <laughs> uh, and literally, what you have to understand, too, is is that the system holds about two gallons of water. So the consumer fills this up one time with the two gallons full of water, and what that does is, is that disperses into a half-gallon hot tank and a half-gallon cold tank, and then the top reservoir holds about a gallon to feed, to gravity feed those two tanks. So I've always got hot water. I've always got cold water for making my beverages. Now, once that top fill reservoir that holds about a gallon gets down to a few ounces, there's a yellow flashing light that comes on, and so that's all you have to fill up. Amazing. The other two tanks are always full of hot and cold water so that you always can can make your drinks.
0: And I'm assuming so, you have some sort of filtration process. I'm going to have to put you in touch with, I've got some other guys that run on a show here a while ago, and they've got all sorts of cutting-edge filtration stuff for home water systems and stuff that takes out not just the, the typical carbon filters and stuff that takes out all the heavy metals and all the other junk that's still floating around sure. in our municipal water sure. supplies there. Yeah, we
2: recommend using purified water, but, yes, we do have a carbon filter in there, and that's really to help from t- for taste because, mm-hmm. obviously, the best-tasting ta- water make the best-tasting beverages. Yeah.
0: Well, I wish we could talk a lot more about this. Would you go back to whoever booked this show? I forgot who it is in your area here and tell them we need more time than this because I feel like we've just touched the surface here.
2: I would be happy to spend a, another another time with you and I, I really do I think
0: the, I think even. you're onto something amazing I get it instantly here What what uh, is this machine being sold anywhere now or is it still in a prototype stage
2: Yes thanks for asking we are currently at market in 2400 Walmart stores nationwide oh, geez, perfect So again uh, a lot of times when I do these these types of interviews and so forth especially for the business guys they're kind of looking for man how did you get into Walmart yes, right. and I will tell oh you that God. you can get an appointment at Walmart they're the thing is, is how do you get into the stores? Yes. And again, it goes back to the power of this product. And when you really see what the product does, um, Walmart immediately jumped up and said, "We don't want to be second to be first. We love this thing, and we want to support you." And, and they've and they've been great. So we're we're turning on more retailers um, next uh, ne- next second quarter, I should say. Uh, Bed Bath and Beyond is interested in oh, and some goodness. others. You're and so all the home runs. are wanting to.
0: Who, what's the name of the product again? And what does it cost roughly? Or re- what's the suggested retail of it? Yeah, it's called the
2: SEO beverage system and that's or the SEO E hot and cold S I
0: O, right? E E-S- E-S-
2: S I right. uh, E S I O. SEO hot and cold beverage system. Uh, and, again, uh, if you don't mind, uh, sure. our website is esiobev.com. So seobev.com uh, for those that are listening or maybe listening later. It's a great place to kind of see the videos and so forth and see the power of the machine. Uh, it sells for 199 at Walmart stores. That's not that uh, at all.
0: Then, I thought it was going to be a lot more than that.
2: Yeah, Yeah, and when you see it, people think it's going to be a lot more expensive, too. It's It's very attractive. Uh, mom loves to put it on her kitchen counter it looks really great in the kitchen and then those seo packs those e-packs and all those branded yeah. we sell those by themselves so that the, the consumer can get all kinds of variety they can pick up apple juice for the kids and grape juice and then they can get their sports drinks and the crystal lights we even have crystal light mo- mocktails so, so we have a mojito and a margarita <laughs> oh and my god oh so stop already
0: you had me at yeah. hello here now you're just yeah, going exactly. on and on exactly
2: exactly and i've heard you know th- those are mocktails but i've heard you can actually put alcohol in there oh geez i've, I've heard that
0: yeah no we we, <laughs> we, we wouldn't we wouldn't want to say we don't try this at home folks here but all right well thank so, you so much i yeah. uh, really we got to talk more about this because i think you're onto a home run i feel like we've stumbled upon something that we're all going to be talking about for years to come here and wondering right. why the heck we didn't think of something like this here
2: all right well i hope to talk to you again soon
0: all right thank you so much thank you goodbye well, there are three of the most amazing stories that you can imagine um, all on one show here. You can't get more than that, folks. So you got your money's worth and then some. Uh, thank you so much for listening here today. Sorry about the commercial screw-up there. You know, it's just the joys of um, – I'm en- normally I'm engineering this show so I could be taking care of this stuff without having to also bear the burden of hosting here. So I hope you'll hang in there with me, and I hope you'll come back again next week for more Conversations – regarding what are businesses doing across the country, what are people thinking of, and what can you learn from those experiences here on Critical Mass Coast to Coast. As always, you've been listening to Critical Mass Coast to Coast right here on octalkradio.net.